Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from Horizon West Church. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at horizonwestchurch.com. And if you're in the Horizon West area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now enjoy this podcast from Horizon West Church. Well, good morning, Horizon West Church. My name is Isaac Trevino, and as Pastor Chris said earlier, um, I'm one of the young adult pastors at the John Young campus. Um, And it's a little interesting being one of the young adult pastors um, because I, too, am a young adult. Um, I just turned 30 this year, and it's really interesting being 30 because I realized that life is good. It's not what I thought it would be, but but it's good. Like, for example, um, I have a roof over my head. I mean, the roof isn't as large as I thought it was going to be, but, but it's there, you know? I have money in my bank account, not as much as I thought it was going to be, but, but it's there. Um, I have relationships. Um, again, not as many as I thought, or they're not as vibrant and thriving as I thought, you know, but they're there. Um, and, you know, there's thousands and thousands of shows to watch on Netflix, but I have nothing to watch. But, you know, but, but, li- but life is good. Life is good. But as I reflect on this more and more, um, and I'm realizing that although my life is good, um, I thought there would be more to life than this. Like, is this it? You know, is, is, this, is this life? You know, I spent my childhood, my teenage years, my 20s just wondering when life is going to start, just getting ready for my life to start. And I'm wondering, I thought there would be more to life than this. Is this it? Is this it? Is this the life that I always dreamed about? When I turn 30, right? My whole life, I'm just dreaming that my, my life's going to start. I'm going to be ready for it. And I'm still just kind of waiting for, for things to start. I thought there would be more to life than this. And I'm wondering, wondering if, if a lot of us, maybe we may feel the same way, you know? Maybe you're in your 20s and you're watching. Maybe you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And you're wondering, I thought there would be more to life than this. When is life going to start? And I'm wondering if for a lot of us, um, we think that the problem for why there's not more to life, why we can't get to having more, is us. I'm wondering for a lot of us if we're the problem, if we think that we're the problem, if we think that it's our lack of resources, if we think that it's our lack of intellect, if we think that it's um, our lack of relationships, if we think it's our own weaknesses, our deficiencies, if we think that we're the problem for not having the more that we want in life, and we think that it's our brokenness. We think that it's our brokenness that's causing us from having more in life. And if you're wondering what brokenness is, here's the definition. is our sinful behaviors, impure motives, or weaknesses that we often see as a deficiency. Our brokenness brokenness is our sinful behaviors, impure motives, or weaknesses that we often see as a deficiency. We think our brokenness is getting in the way. Our brokenness is the barrier from getting what we want, from getting to where we want, right? Because, um, so I just moved recently, um, so I moved, and maybe you've experienced this whenever you've moved, um, is that you realize you have so much more stuff than you thought you did, right? That's what I experienced Uh, when I moved. I had so much more stuff than I thought I had. I had this entire box of electronics, right? And I'm going through this box of electronics in this move, and I'm realizing there are things, there are cables that I have not seen for 10 years, right? I'm like, it's cables they don't even manufacture anymore. And we're just, I'm just throwing it away and throwing it away. Y'all, I found a cassette player, 
I haven't played a cassette in 20 years. I found a cassette player and just tossing it away. And I'm wondering, as we think through our brokenness, that's what we think, is that we think we don't have any value. We think that we're going to get thrown away, right? We think that we're just going to get tossed aside and there's nothing more um, that we can do, right? As we think through our brokenness, we think we don't have any value, So there's actually two myths, two myths of brokenness that I want to talk through. Two myths of brokenness. Myth number one, my brokenness unqualifies me from having more. My brokenness unqualifies me from having more. So what do I mean by that? I mean that whenever we think of our brokenness, we think that, um, you know, there's the more land over there and we can never get there because we don't deserve to be there. Our brokenness has disqualified us from having more, right? That, That because of our brokenness, we don't have value. Because of our brokenness, you know, we're discarded, we're tossed away. That our brokenness... We are unqualified um, because if people knew um, things about us, um, that's what's keeping us from having more, right? And number two, my brokenness disqualifies me from having more. Maybe you have arrived. Maybe you have gotten to a place. Maybe at your job, if they knew that you didn't have the credentials, oh man, they would take your ID badge away right? We feel like it's our brokenness that if people found out who we really were, if people knew our weaknesses, if people knew our lack of experience, if people knew who we really were, that it would be, we, it would disqualify us from having more, right? So we see brokenness as a barrier from having more. But Jesus, Jesus actually sees brokenness differently. Um, Jesus sees brokenness differently than we do. Jesus sees brokenness differently than these myths. So um, the gospel author Luke, he writes in Luke chapter 5, he writes this. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. So this lake of Gennesaret, maybe you've heard it uh, said in another term, which is the Sea of Galilee. It's the same body of water. Um, So Jesus is standing there um, because a bunch of people are gathering to hear him teach. So he's there um, on the coast by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats by the lake, but the fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. And we'll keep reading. Getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's, he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So Simon here, um, so we'll find out or read later that this is actually Peter, Simon Peter. Um, So, so far, Jesus is teaching. He's about to teach a lot of people. Um, He encounters um, these fishermen, asked to use their boat, pushes it out to the water, and creates this actually really smart um, kind of aquatic amphitheater um, as he's setting up using the water for the natural acoustics. Um, to teach the people that are there listening to him. So we'll keep moving. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. Now this is very interesting uh, because Jesus is telling these expert fishermen what to do, right? So they know how to fish and yet Jesus is telling them what they need to do. So they respond, Uh, Oh, and Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word, I will let down the nets. He's basically saying, I'm I'm the fisherman here. Um, I know what's going on, but you know what, Jesus? Sure, we'll do what you say. Let's see what happens. And this is what happens. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. They caught so much fish 
that their nets were breaking and their boats were sinking. Arguably, they caught the most amount of fish in one single catch than they ever had. So this is the response. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, this is what he said, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And this is how the others responded. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. All right, so he's there with with these business partners um, that were there. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. And when they had brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him. So here's the big idea. Here's the big lesson that I want us to talk through today. Here's the big idea. Brokenness isn't a barrier to more, right? We set it up that we feel like we are getting in the way of ourselves. It's our own brokenness that gets us in the way from having more the more that we want in life, wondering, man, I thought there was more to life than this, thinking that it's our brokenness that's getting in the way from us having more. And we read the story and we see that it's not actually brokenness. It's not a barrier to more. Here's what brokenness is. It's the pathway to more. Right? Brokenness isn't a barrier to more. It's the pathway to more. Right? So let me, let me reset the story. Let me recap it. So a bunch of people were gathering around to hear Jesus teach. Jesus calls these fishermen and says, hey, I'm going to use your boat. He gets on their boat. Right? He goes off. He teaches to everybody. Whenever he's done teaching, he goes and tells these fishermen, these experts, these are the guys that know how to fish. Right? Jesus, he's the son of a carpenter. His background is carpentry. His background isn't necessarily fishing. But these fish experts, they basically say, okay, Jesus, you know what? We told on I. We didn't get anything, but you know what? Let's do what you say. And whenever they obeyed Jesus, when they trusted Jesus, they caught the most amount of fish, arguably, in one catch than they ever had. And their response, their response was not, here's what their response, whoa, we're rich now, right? Because fishermen, the goal of a fisherman is to catch fish, right? That's the goal. And whenever Jesus provided them with arguably the most fish that they ever had in one catch, arguably the largest single payday they ever had. And their response was not, I'm rich now. Hey, everyone, everyone, obeying Jesus gets you rich. That wasn't their response. The response was not that. The response was, depart from me, Jesus, for I am a sinful man. The response was the opposite, right? And Simon Peter is saying, I'm a sinful man. Look, he's not saying that just to Jesus. He's saying that in front of his business partners. Normally, whenever a businessman and a bunch of business partners are there and they have a very large payday, what they normally do is they high-five each other and they go out to celebrate. But that's not what happens here. Is that Simon Peter, whenever he was given a bunch of riches by Jesus, he humbles himself. He says, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Right? And then what happens? Jesus, in his broken state, in his weakness, here's what Jesus does. This Jesus says, yeah, you're right. You're so broken. You're so messed up. You're so weak. I'm leaving you there. I'm off. No. What does Jesus do? Jesus invites him to come with him. Jesus invites him to follow him. He says, from now on, you're no longer going to be catching men. You're going to be catching fish. 
sorry, and you're no, no longer going to be catching fish. You're going to be catching men. Invites them. And then Peter, he leaves everything, all the riches that he had, that big payday that he had. He leaves everything and goes to follow Jesus. All right? So the big, one of the big ideas here is that Jesus, is gonna, Jesus will redefine your more. Jesus is going to redefine your more. The pathway to more that we want, the more that we want, Jesus is going to redefine it, right? So obeying Jesus, um, the point of the story is not that obeying Jesus is going to make your life prosper, right? So here, here's a, <laughs> this amazing quote right here from uh, John Piper. Jesus doesn't show you how to get riches. He shows you how to leave riches. If your more that you wanted before was riches— Following Jesus is going to show you how to leave it behind as Jesus is going to redefine what it means to follow him and redefine the more um, that we want in life. So I was having a conversation uh, with, with a buddy of mine um, this week, and uh, we, were, we were hanging out and, and gra- grabbing lunch, and uh, we, we, we kind of remembered— uh, what it was like whenever we had first met a couple years ago. And, and a couple years ago when we had met, uh, we were talking about kind of dreaming and aspiring for, for career and aspiring kind of what life had and kind of thinking and talking about it. And we were just talking about um, kind of reading the life of um, these the CEOs, right? And just kind of the money that they had and what we, we would do if we, had, if we had that money. And it was interesting because we would joke <laughs> and say that, um, you know what? We know, we know that, Money doesn't make us happy. But man, wouldn't we like to know for sure? <laughs> right? Can't we just trust but verify? Right? So and that's kind of the idea here, though, is that through that conversation and now a couple years later, is actually interesting um, with him in particular, as we were grabbing lunch, he was saying that with his career and kind of what he was aspiring to was to be on a platform, uh, to be an entertainer, um, in, to, in using music and using word and just it's entertaining people. And then he became a Christian and was wondering if he could use this big platform to, you know, to inspire people to follow Jesus and thinking that was the more that he wanted in life and trying to, try to grow his influence. And um, in this conversation that we had when we were grabbing lunch, he said, you know what, though? Something I've been learning recently is that I'm wondering if the more that Jesus wants for me is not necessarily more influence on a platform, but it's more influence with people one-on-one in private. Jesus doesn't want to show you how to get riches. He shows you how to leave riches, and Jesus will redefine your more. And to get some more, if we want to get some more, the pathway is brokenness. Brokenness is not a barrier to more. Brokenness is our pathway to more, right? And I think the Apostle Paul um, said this too beautifully um, in his letter to the Corinthians when he said, for he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. So the Apostle Paul, who could boast in a lot of his accomplishments, wrote a lot of the New Testament. He said, I'm not going to boast in my writing. I'm not going to boast in myself. I'm going to boast in my weaknesses. I'm going to boast, excuse me, I'm going to boast in my brokenness. Why? So that the power of Christ may rest upon me, right? And Jesus was the perfect example of someone who came and humbled himself, the only person in existence who did not need to be broken, and yet he was broken. He was crushed 
for us. So us being broken, us being weak, actually is following Jesus so that Jesus can make us whole, right? So that in our, in our sinful nature, Jesus can heal us and show us a better way, right? So in our weaknesses, Jesus can restore us. Whenever we think that our life is just in shambles, Jesus comes in and br- makes us whole and br- puts us back together again. So we don't boast in our weakness. We don't boast in our ability. We boast in the power of Jesus Christ, right? I remember whenever I was uh, growing up, so I'm a church kid. Um, I grew up um, in Sunday school and I grew up going to VBS. And um, I remember um, in VBS, we would sing the song and maybe, maybe you know this song too. It's a pretty famous song that we sing in Sunday school and in, at VBS. It says this, and I'm not gonna sing it, but I'm sure you know the tune. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. And do we know the next line? They are weak, but he is strong. So this truth that many of us learn as children, this truth that we know to be true, this truth for me that I learned as a child, that whenever I am weak, Jesus is strong for whatever reason, this truth that we know as children, this truth that I knew as a child, as I've grown up and as I've into my 20s and now that I'm 30 and I know something that I'm going to continue struggling with is this need to feel like I need to be strong. This need that I can't be broken. This need that, man, whenever people look at me, I need to feel like my life is together, right? I can't be weak. I need to be strong for people, right? Especially for those of us that are leading in ministry, right? We feel like we can't be broken. We don't feel permission to be broken, right? No, no, no. As Paul We boast in our weaknesses. We put our brokenness on display so that the power of Christ may shine through us. So brokenness isn't a barrier to more. It's the pathway to more. So as we wrap up our time together today, uh, we're going to walk through uh, three ways that we can embrace our brokenness. So the question here is how do we embrace our brokenness on our pathway to more? How do we embrace our brokenness on our pathway to more? Here are three ways how we can embrace our brokenness. Number one is we admit. We admit our brokenness. Admit our brokenness, right? So we see Peter do this. Whenever this catch happened, he got, fell down onto his knees and he said, depart from me for I am a sinful man. And I think for all of us that are following Jesus, we can all admit uh, generally that we're sinful, right? So we want to admit our brokenness generally. We are sinful creatures. We are not worthy to be in the presence of Jesus. But even in our unworthiness, Jesus still allows us and calls us to be near him, to be in his presence, right? So we can just admit our brokenness generally. But also, we're going to take it a step further. Admit our brokenness specifically, right? We admit our brokenness specifically as well, right? So we see throughout the New Test- the Gospels and throughout the New Testament um, that Peter was actually, it's recorded in Scripture, his brokenness, right? There are numerous times whenever Peter makes mistakes, whenever Peter messes up, whenever he screws up, right? It's, there's one point where Jesus literally calls him the devil, That's pretty bad. That's not great, right? That's not a good track record. But it's there in modeling for us how we can admit specifically um, our brokenness, right? And the godliest people that you know do this. The godliest people that you know just admit struggles and admit brokenness and admit their weaknesses, right? So um, maybe the, the godless people that you know, they just struggle with their marriage. It happens, right? And the godless people just admit 
They're struggling in marriage. The godless people admit struggles with anger, admit struggles with, struggles with lust, admit struggles with pride, admit struggles with bitterness, admit struggles with resentment. That's what the godliest people do is to admit our brokenness and not pretend like we don't struggle and not pretend that we have it all together. We can admit our brokenness. And here's the thing too on this is we need to make sure that we don't fall for false godliness, right? That we don't fall for false godliness. What what do I mean by false godliness? I mean this. Um, People that can admit kind of generally like, oh yeah, Christians are sinful. I guess I'm kind of sinful because I fall in the the category of Christian, Um, but struggle to admit specifically how, right? So for me, as I think through people that I model, the people that I trust, the people that I'm kind of looking after, um, that I know that are following Jesus, so I want to try to imitate them as they're imitating Jesus on how to live their life, they have so much more impact on me when they're just honest and specific with how they're struggling. So I know that I too don't need to be perfect, that the specific things that I'm struggling with, I was like, oh, you mean that it's okay to struggle with it. Oh, you mean like I can be a Christian and have this weakness and have this frailty in my life and have this deficiency in my life? You mean that's okay? And the godliest people in my life tell me, yes, yes, that's okay. Yes, I struggle with that too. So we want to admit generally and we want to admit um, specifically, right? Number two is we want to spend time with safe people. Spend time with safe people. So by that kind of inversely, I mean, don't spend time with toxic people, right? Kind of try, and that's another conversation for another day on how do we kind of think through safe and toxic people in our lives. But just generally, we want to try to spend and maximize our time with safe people, right? Because, um, because we can admit going, again, these are steps, so we want to do them in kind of sequential order. We can admit our brokenness to safe people. I think part of the reason that a lot of us are terrified, we're absolutely terrified of, of admitting our brokenness to, to others and letting other people in is because we've never had safe people to admit to. And as maybe before in the past, whenever we've kind of admitted things and admitted struggles and admitted, admitted brokenness, we've had, people have started kind of using that against us and in judging us, right? And we're like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to do that again. And we've had such a poor negative experience around admitting um, to safe people, right? But my hope and my aim is that we can sort of spend time with safe people and allow these safe people to, to process and um, to admit our brokenness to, right? So um, during the week, uh, my favorite day of the week, one of my favorites, one of my favorite day of the weeks is Wednesdays. And here's why. Here's why Wednesday is one of my favorite day, days of the week. Because on Wednesdays is whenever we have our young adult staff meeting, right? So I'm part of the young adult team at the John Young campus, and um, I love my staff team. I absolutely love my staff team. I love my boss. I love my coworkers. I love the team um, that we have here. And here's why I love them so much is because whenever we open up a staff meeting, um, my boss will spend the first 20, 30 minutes of the meeting and he'll just, he'll kind of write an agenda. And the first thing on the the agenda that we're going to talk about for the meeting, the first thing is always check in. We check in with each other. We ask each other, hey, how are you doing? Right? And we want honest answers, right? It's not, oh, it's good. Things are fine. 
right? We, we, we are able to process openly with each other. We're all safe people to each other, right? Um, we're able to process, right? And we're able to enter each, into each other's weaknesses. Um, we're able to pray for one another when we need to. We're able to celebrate with each other, right? I love my staff team. And at first, I would get really annoyed. I would get very annoyed because it limited productivity, right? I love being productive. I love getting things done. If we're spending this meeting to get be productive and get things done, and we're wasting that time, you know, just like checking in on people and seeing how they're doing. Like, oh my gosh, like that's such a waste of time. But now, two years later, two and a half years later that I've been here, I've realized how important that time is because it allows all of us just to be able to process together and spend time with one another and maximize our time together um, with, with safe people. So here's the, the dirty little secret of growth, right? If you're wanting to grow, here's the dirty little secret. It's this. Spend time with the safest, godliest people you know, right? If you want to grow faster, spend more time. You don't have to, you don't need to, but the more time that you spend with, with godly people, the more time that you spend with safe people, the faster you're going to grow, the faster we will embrace our brokenness, and the faster that we can enter into this more that Jesus wants for us. And lastly, number three, get connected and serve. Get connected and serve, All right? So again, sequential order. So maybe you're, you buy into the idea of, okay, I, I can admit my brokenness. Um, okay, I buy into the idea of spending time with safe people, but I don't have a lot of safe people in my life, right? I don't, I don't know who's safe. Well, that's what we're trying to do here, here at, at church, right? Is trying to provide safe people for one another, right? So by getting connected and serving, you're actually trying to meet potentially safe people to be able to process brokenness together. And by serving, you get to spend lots of time with the amazing staff team here, right? With Pastor Chris and Pastor Reed and Justin and Kelly and the high-level volunteers that are here, right? Is that we, you can maximize your time um, uh, with safe people by getting connected and serving. It's the best way to surround yourself with safe people to process our brokenness. Um, I know that uh, we're doing a backpack drive, as Pastor Chris said a little earlier. So that's a great way to jump in to serve. Um, as well. So if you want to jump in just by getting connected or serving, you can actually text this here at the bottom. You can text CONNECT to 40777. Text CONNECT to 40777. And that's the best way to get connected and serve um, at Horizon West Church um, as you spend time and kind of maximize your time and um, allow others to, to walk with you um, in your brokenness. So those are three ways that we can embrace our brokenness. So I'll close with a story. Um, so um, a few months ago, tragically, um, our, our team uh, found out that one of our, one of our young adults, um, he, he found out that he had a brain tumor. And um, he, it was devastating, shocked him, um, shocked us, and devastated us, right, to hear such, such horrific news. So throughout the next months, we just processed with him, prayed with him. You know, we were asking him, hey, um, like, how, how's, how are things going? Or like, are you doing okay? Like, doctors? Like, and he was updating us along the way uh, until eventually, sure enough, they had to schedule uh, brain surgery. So... So he's there, and, you know, he's overwhelmed, understandably so, and now this major weakness in his life with, the, with his brain tumor is going on. So a week before his surgery, he finds out that one of his friends, his mom, also just found out that she had a brain tumor. So his immediate response is he calls his friend, and he prays for him, prays for his mom. 
That's the first thing he does. This guy who in a week, in a, a week he himself is about to have uh, brain surgery. <laughs> a week before that is praying for his friend and praying for his mom, right? So journeying with them and processing with them, understands, has, sits there and in their weakness because he himself is also there. And that's what happens, that our barrier by no means is a barrier to more, it's a pathway to more, right? And he was able to, to admit, right, his, his weakness, right? He was able to embrace it. He was able to surround himself with safe people. And he was able to enter into the more that Jesus wanted for him, to love and to serve others. So that's my prayer for all of us, is that we can enter into our brokenness, admit our brokenness, we can embrace it, we can love, and we can serve others in our brokenness, right, as we process with those around us, and we're just so ready for what Jesus has for us to love and to serve others. Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. God, I thank you for your son, Jesus. I thank you for your son, Jesus. God, that has entered into our brokenness and does not judge us or condemn us. God, but invites us to journey along with him. Guys, I'm so thankful, God, for sending your son, Jesus. God, just die on the cross for our sins. God, and he, where he himself was broken on our behalf. God, so I'm just praying for Horizon West Church. God, just be able to embrace our brokenness and be so ready God, for the pathway of more that you want for us to love you, to love your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening to the Horizon West Church Podcast. If you were inspired or encouraged by something you heard today, share it with a friend. For more information like our service time, location, and other info, be sure to visit us online at horizonwestchurch.com. Have a great week.